All right, happy Friday. Thanks, Scott Shannon, although it's Thursday, but tomorrow's Good Friday. We will be off. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this uh, program today. It is an amazing week if you're a, a Christian. When you think about Holy Thursday, the, the it's basically the, you know, Passover celebrated with 12 fishermen that Jesus will turn into fishers of men. And that those were his chosen disciples. And then knowing on Palm Sunday what, what will happen by week's end, meaning Good Friday tomorrow, and and the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is pleading with his heavenly father, I, please take this from me. I, I know what's coming. But then he says, thy will. And then leading to the crucifixion, you know, beaten and then hung from a cross to save man and reconcile man to the, his heavenly father. It's, it's just an unbelievable week when you think of the religious significance of it. Anyway, thank you for being with us. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. I, I've been doing a lot of thinking here, and I'm trying to just stand back and gain some, some sense of objectivity and big-picture-ism on all that we are now living through. We'll, we'll go into the specifics as we have been in terms of this radical socialist agenda and this big spending, huge taxation, record, record, record tax increases of Biden and company. Um, we'll go into what the monies are going to be spent for, just like the COVID emergency relief bill. Most of the infrastructure spending monies are not going to infrastructure uh, a lot of it going to pay off their allies in the hopes that they will be assisting in a reelect campaign for either Joe or Kamala, um, et cetera. And it is, you know, I, and I'm just trying to look at this and be as objective as I possibly can be. And these are unprecedented times. Republicans, for them to stop the end of the legislative filibuster, they all have to agree. That means Lisa Murkowski would have to agree. Mitt Romney would have to agree. Ben Sass, the jackass, would have to agree that they're not going to let that happen. Because if Republicans want to stop the legislative filibuster in the Senate from occurring, it really won't matter what Joe Manchin does if all 50 of them walk out of the chamber and don't provide a quorum for the Democrats. They have the power to do that. Now the question is, will they do that? That is within their rights to do that. Because we know where Manchin is headed. He's beginning to, to waver and buckle, and I'm not sure I have particular confidence in Senator Cinema either. When, when the arm twisting goes on, and, um, yeah, I think you need this program in Arizona. We're gonna, we'll, we'll make that a big part of the infrastructure spending bill. Um, so it's, these are challenging times. We're packing the U S Supreme court or DC, Puerto Rico stated. Well, what is the purpose? The purpose would be, Oh, we assume that we're going to have four democratic senators that'll be elected in election after election after election. And, and that means we will be in control of the U S Senate in perpetuity. That's what this is about. You know, what is it about? Why you ask yourself, what we see unfolding at the border, this is beyond a humanitarian crisis. It's a national security crisis now. 
It's a health crisis now with the high rate of COVID positivity at the border. You know, if you owned and operated a child care center or a pre-K program somewhere in your town, in your city, wherever you happen to live, and local TV cameras came in and they, they captured images similar to the Biden cages where they're stacking these kids on top of each other in the middle of a pandemic with their tinfoil blankets. They can't even, not even enough room to sleep on your back or your stomach, but they're sleeping on their side and with a high rate of COVID positivity at the height of a pandemic. I promise you, you if, if that you'd be shut down immediately and likely arrested for child abuse for those inhumane conditions. I'm not hearing anybody on the left talking about the children, the children. The same people that were using video from 2014 from the Biden-Obama era cages that they built then with children in them and say, look at Donald Trump, the most immoral thing I've ever seen. But as I stand back and I look at the the big picture and I look at this power grab and I, I look at spending that is beyond the most reckless this country has ever experienced, all of this, this, all of these trillions of dollars being wasted, all of these regulations coming into play, all of these higher taxes that we've been giving you the details about. And I'm like, well, well what is the end game here? They, the Democrats know that their time is short. They're fully expecting a backlash, but they don't care. So they're going to get every single solitary thing they can get, and they're going to do it now and try and create an infrastructure whereby they will have built-in advantages moving forward. That's what HR1 is all about, or SR1 is all about. Power. That's what D.C. statehood, Puerto Rico statehood is all about. Power. Then, of course, packing the courts. It's about their agenda in the courts. Power for them. You know, the more dependency that they create, well, the more power they have because they believe people in larger numbers. If we promise to steal this group of people's money, evil corporations money and evil rich people's money and we give it to you and and we're really doing it because we love the environment more than anybody else. And they want dirty air and dirty water. I mean, how many times are we going to hear that Republicans, they want children to die? Well, look, look, look at what they're doing to the kids down at the border. What if, what if Democrats in, in Democratic states run by Democratic governors and Democratic mayors in cities for decades? Well, the, those are the cities with the most crime. Those are the cities where there is no law in order. Those are the cities with the worst educational systems. And for some reason, they keep getting reelected. And if you look at, look at New York as a microcosm, look at California as a microcosm, New York. Okay, you throw Molotov cocktails, bricks, rocks, um, Molotov cocktails, uh, frozen water bottles at cops. You get arrested and then you're immediately released to get right back in the action because of New York's stupid no bail laws. New York City, one billion dollar cut to the police in New York City. You saw what happened to this poor woman, 65 years old. She was pummeled and kicked again and again in the head. It could have killed her as she was making her way to church. 
One of the things that has aggravated me about it is, yeah, why didn't the guys watching this lift a finger? Why didn't you run out and just scream? Let's do something. Unbelievable. You know, you have now that in New York, they put this cop killer, a cop killer convicted on a board to recommend police reforms in New York State. You think this can't happen in the rest of the country? That's what the Washington, D.C. swamp Democrats, Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, AOC, the squad, you know, Kamala Harris when she's not giggling. That's what they want to do. Sanctuary cities and states out in California. Right. Remember. Okay, what what is that? That is the state aiding and abetting law breaking rather than working to change laws. They just ignore the laws that they don't like. If you're a conservative, you get caught jaywalking. You're going to spend five years in jail. Or God forbid you had an extra, you know, only seven bullets allowed in your magazine. You have eight. You'll go to jail for five years. That's how insane this is. Remember when I went out to the San Joaquin Valley over in Kevin McCarthy and Devin Nunes' area? I go out there. Farmers couldn't farm. Still can't in many areas because they were saving the Delta smelt. It's not even an endangered species. If you know what a minnow fish looks like, that's what a Delta smelt looks like. Same thing out there with this no bail madness. You know, defunding Kamala Harris, supporting defunding the LAPD and cutting back on funding. You know, let's release convicted criminals and eight that, that are illegal immigrants. Let's not turn them over to ICE because we're the United Sanctuary States of California. Now Joe Biden's making it the United Sanctuary States of America. And now we have the crisis at the border. I mean... They're going to lecture Republicans about morality and their superiority that they always seem to feel this compassion, the greater compassion that they have for people. What is compassionate about Joe's cages for kids and what's happening down there? And then sending the kids off, you know, all over the country, like the San Diego, you know, unified school district in school learning. If you're an illegal immigrant. Unaccompanied minor, you get an in-person learning. Parents that pay taxes in San Diego, they haven't had that for a year. You want to look at you want to look at America's future, look at New York, look at California, because that's what they're trying to do to the entire country. Both states insanely high taxes on top of Joe's record breaking tax increases. He's now going to try and ram down our throat. They're trying to raise it more in New York. And New York just got a fortune in and billions of dollars in bailout money. You know, tens and tens and tens of billions of dollars from red state taxpayers that elect respond, fiscally responsible politicians. You know, they impose draconian shutdowns on all of us. Where's Gavin Newsom? His kid's in a private school. His kid's. Doesn't have to worry about the public school system. He's he's in restaurants that have shut down everybody else. Yeah, Cuomo prioritizing COVID testing for people he knows and likes. This is madness. This is what's coming to the entire country. 
You know, it's all of the open borders, chaos on the border, amnesty to follow, no bail, defunding the police, taxpayers, confiscation of wealth, and lying to you repeatedly. They lie a lot. Deny riots are riots. They say, oh, no, this is only going to, these taxes we're raising is only for those that make $400,000. No, it was $400,000 a couple, technically $200,000, which is a, a pretty healthy amount of money, but not if you live in New York or California, where they have, what, 13.5% income tax in California, 10% in New York, and they're about to raise taxes again. Deny the riots are riots. Deny there's a border crisis, even though our eyes can see it. First try the gag order. Shut down Border Patrol from talking. Then shut out media cameras from seeing. I sent cameras down with Ted Cruz, who's going to join us later. My cameras were with him and the other 18 senators that went down to the border. We sent cameras with them. My cameras were, I was banned. My cameras were banned from going in. The only reason we've had all this videos, thankfully, because the senators shared it with us so that we could show you these images of this abuse of children down there. They'll lie and even tell you, well, Joe Biden fell three times because he got blown over by the wind. Every insane thing in New York and California, Joe Biden, Schumer, Pelosi, the squad, they want to. They want to now bring to every city, every town, every state in this union. Democratic socialism. It will destroy the United States of America as we know it. How many of you saw, we ran it last night on Hannity on the Fox News Channel, the video of a three-year-old and a five-year-old thrown over, literally from the top of the wall, down into the United States. Well, Peter Ducey asked about this on uh, with Circleback Saki earlier today, and she said, oh, you know, she admits she had seen it and then con- con- then talked about what the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas had to say, condemn the inhumane way smugglers abuse children as criminally and morally reprehensible. What about are you not looking at at your cages? Because that's inhumane, too. But you keep build. Well, Trump stopped building the cages. Trump was the one that built the stay in Mexico policy. Don't come here illegally policy and built the wall to prevent people from being incentivized to come here illegally. It's unbelievable. And then she goes on to say that, oh, well, they were rescued. They still got close enough, as you guys are talking about, addressing root causes in the region and, and for a smuggler to throw them over a wall into the desert. I'm curious, well, what do you. What about that? Are you concerned about the kids' safety? Are you concerned about kids getting in, Ducey asks? Well, well, of, of course it is. It's concern. Of course we care about that, which is why I'm often surprised that some of the lines of questioning here, how could this is getting worse by the second? You tried to keep and have been keeping the press out of these facilities to see Joe's cages with all these kids on top of each other with a high rate of COVID positivity. Then, of course, you've you've put the gag order on Border Patrol agents, preventing them from telling the story and the truth of what your policies have caused. And, well, let's blame Trump for this. We'll continue. 25 till the top of the hour. So that is the California... What's the name of that movie? If you like the United Socialist Utopia of California... 
and you like the United Socialist Utopia that is New York, well, that's what Joe Biden wants for America. That's what Kamala Harris wants. That's what Nancy Pelosi wants. That's what Schumer wants. That's what every Democrat there wants. That's what AOC wants. And you're seeing it now unfold. And right before you, let's, you know, open borders. It went, even to the point where these children are being abused in Biden's cages. Try and open a daycare facility and, and get a picture like that sent to your local newspaper. Good luck. You'll be shut down, handcuffed, and brought to, brought to jail probably that day with these images. You want to know what cut it? You want to know what defunding the police looks like? Look at New York. Look at what happened to this what sixty-five-year-old woman. I I don't even know how she managed to survive it with the kicking in the head as she tried to make her way to church. I read. Guy beats up his mom. Yeah, that guy uh, and kills his mom. That's the guy that beat that woman. Convicted cop killer? Yeah, let's put him on the board of a police reform for the state of New York. That's a that's another genius move. No bail for crimes committed. Bank robbers, by the way, were saying publicly, this is great. They get out, they rob a bank, they get caught. They'd be brought in, they'd be booked, then they go rob another jail, another bank. and get They'd get arrested again, then let out, and then rob another bank. Not that smart if you get caught six, seven times, but that actually happened. You like the sanctuary city and state's policies out in California? You like the farmers being, uh, let's see, subordinate to the, to the Delta smelt, not even an endangered species? You like the no bail? You like the, the massive millions of dollars cutbacks to police and defund the police efforts in L.A.? And the rest of California, you like the fact that even the illegal immigrants that commit violent crimes are not turned over to ICE for deportation after their time in jail. You like H.R. 1, where everybody's registered, no need for voter ID whatsoever. You'd never, but you didn't need voter ID to get in the Capitol, to get in Joe Biden's White House, to get into the Democratic National Convention, but not to vote. No signature verification whatsoever. And let's let's bypass the Constitution and state legislatures and we'll write the law of what a, how each state will conduct the means of of elections, which is the, the very verbiage is written into the Constitution. You like your taxes on a on a national level of 40 percent? 13.5% income tax, California, 10% New York, both going higher. You like um, you like this insanity? You like what's happening at the border? This is the beginning. You like the monies for all this, this climate change socialist agenda that's part of this new, you know, what, $2.5 trillion spending bill, only 25% is for infrastructure, a lot of it going to all new Green Deal stuff. That's that 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 is the Democratic Party's agenda. Amnesty, that's their agenda. Open borders, that's their agenda. No bail, that's their agenda. Defund the police, that's their agenda. Basically, they're they're just going to legalize stealing 
money from corporations, people that work hard, play by the rules, obey the laws, pay their taxes, take as much as you can get, take as many bites at the apple as possible. Corporate tax increases, that means you're going to be paying the difference. Higher gas prices as they cap the wells, some money's sent to cap the wells. Yeah. Well, when you pay more for every single product you buy and more when you fill up your tank and heat and cool your home, you'll be ready for it. Then, of course, just lie about everything. Joe Biden falls three times. The wind blew him over. That's what happened, says the spokesperson. That's what happened. Joe fell down three times climbing the stairs. He's not struggling cognitively. No, not at all. Deny there's even a border crisis. Now, that's why you try to keep cameras out of these facilities. Then you then you put a gag order on Border Patrol agents that risk their lives every day. And then you just kind of force states unfunded mandates to take in the illegal immigrants that you should have said to stay home. And kept the stay in Mexico policy and, and keep building the border wall. Why did we bring back catch and release? A lot of good that does. That That is, if you like New York and California, get ready because that's the United Sanctuary Socialist State of America that these radical leftists want. Core packing, removing the legislative filibuster, D.C., Puerto Rico statehood. This is their democratic socialism. Build in as many levers of power that they can create for themselves that give them a decided advantage. Anyway, I mentioned before the break that uh, circle back Jen Psaki and Peter Ducey got into it. The situation, you got these two kids, one, three, one, five years old, being thrown over a 14-foot wall. Well, we send people to save them. Here's the exchange. On immigration, has the White House considered beefing up border security now that there is video of a three-year-old and a five-year-old being thrown over the wall in New Mexico? Beefing up border security. Well, there's video now of a three-year-old and a five-year-old. I've seen the video, and I think any of us who saw the video um, were incredibly alarmed by uh, the steps of smugglers, ones that we have been quite familiar with, that we've spoken out about our concerns about. As Secretary Mayorkas said, the inhumane way smugglers abuse children while profiting off parents' desperation is criminal and morally reprehensible. President certainly agrees with that. And these kids, I believe, were rescued from by uh, by um, individuals who are working at the border. Yes, but they still got close enough, as you guys are talking about addressing root causes in the region, for a smuggler to throw them over a wall into the desert. And I'm just curious what the White House is doing to stop that from happening. And are you concerned more about the kids' safety or are you concerned about kids getting in or tell me more about your concern here? Kids' safety is, as you just mentioned, the main concern. Well, of course it is, which is why I'm often surprised by some of the line of questioning here. But uh, I will say that um, our concern and our focus is on sending a clear message to smuggler to the region that uh, this is not the time to come. You should not send your kids on this treacherous journey, that these smugglers are uh, preying on vulnerabilities in these communities. There's a lot of issues and steps we need to take to address root causes. So, of course, our concern is for the safety of these kids. These Border Patrol agents who save these kids deserve our, uh, our thanks and our gratitude for ensuring their safety. 
surprised by the line of questioning. Uh, We're telling them, don't send your kids on this perilous journey. Well, the reward is there. The incentive is there. You're letting them all in. How hard is this to figure out? It's not that hard to figure out. Yeah, border agents rescued the toddlers after they were dumped over the wall. Want to talk about inhumane conditions? The kids in Biden's cages. That's inhumane. And they're all coming. By the way, there was an article that came out literally, you know, quoting, quoting, you know, people, Viva la Biden. Migrants are shouting at the border. Video sent from Senate Republicans that they captured on cell phones because they're not letting the media in. They're saying, Viva Biden. Smugglers on the other side waving flashlights. You can hear them. Texas Senator Ted Cruz will join us later in the program today. Because they know they can get away with it. And they know that if you get them across the border, whether you throw them over or they walk over, they're getting in. I think it was Senator Ron Johnson said they're letting them all in. I think it was Senator Langford that said that. ABC News. Wow, they were they had a shock. A startling number of Biden's unaccompanied minors are testing positive for kids. You know, we're telling them not to come. But then when they come, you let them in. And then when they come, then they get to have in-person learning in San Diego when other kids don't have in-person learning in San Diego. Unbelievable. Unbelievable times we're living in. And yet AOC, remember the tears at the border with the cages when Trump's president? You know, she's calling the, the purge surge, calls it, you know, white supremacy. What? First of all, just gut check, stop. Anyone who's using the term surge around you consciously is trying to invoke a militaristic frame. And that's a problem because these this is not a surge. These are children. And in they cages. are not insurgents. In and cages. they are not being invaded. Which, by the way, is a white supremacist idea, philosophy. The idea that if Let an me jump other in here. Our laws, coming- our borders, our sovereignty, it's not being respected because Joe has incentivized all of this. By changing the policies that were working. It's not a border crisis. It's imperialism crisis. AOC goes on. It's a, you know, part white supremacist philosophy. No, it's not. She blames U.S. policy Americans for floods and wildfires and droughts in Asia and Latin America. So I don't I'm, By the way, Ocasio-Cortez, I guess you could say speaker in reality and Pelosi speaker in name only. Certainly influential and now calling for reparations for illegal immigrants. So is in the New York Post saying Wednesday night, finally slamming the overcrowding of immigrants at the border. Inhumane, horrifying, unacceptable and barbaric. That's Joe. Then she has this virtual town hall meeting. She called for reparations for some families. She gave a detailed critique of the current border crisis. After accusing, after being accused of giving Biden a pass. And at one point, she said families who were forcibly separated during Trump's years are owed reparations, period. What's Vice President Harris doing now that she's put in charge of all of this? 
Got to help improve the conditions in Latin America. That's what she said. We have to fix Latin America now? And where's that money coming from, Kamala? I know, you're all giggly. I guess everybody appreciates teachers now. You missed that earlier this week. You got illegal immigrants pouring across the border. Guess where they're coming? Through the unfinished portions of the wall weren't finished. Pretty amazing. Border patrols doing everything they can, but then the drug cartels and the human traffickers and drug traffickers and the gangs, they're taking full advantage of the situation. Texas Governor Abbott demanding answers from the border czar Kamala Harris. She's busy, though. She's doing the rest of Joe's job. Got to talk to world leaders. Joe's asleep, taking a little nappy every day. Doesn't have a lot of time. Why isn't Joe going down to the border? Don't it, do they not see it's a crisis? Oh, that's right. They, don't, they won't say it's a crisis. They're too busy planning on spending trillions of dollars and raising t- trillions of more dollars. Capital gains tax. Oh, if you make over $400,000 a year, that's it. No, well, that's actually $200,000 a year. If you're a couple, it's $400,000. trillion tax hike. And I'm telling all of you out there, I don't care what your income level is, you are going to be the ones that are paying for all of this. By the way, Biden nearly slipped again. Getting on Air Force One. It didn't fall down this time. You got to give him credit. Maybe the wind wasn't that busy that day. You know, you have, you know, all of this madness and so much of it has nothing to do with anything but this Green New Deal madness, just like the COVID emergency relief bill had nothing to do with emergency COVID relief. You know, progressives pressuring Biden to put $10 trillion in a green infrastructure climate justice bill. This is this is this is coming in waves. Trillions here, trillions here, trillions there. It erodes white right to work laws, including card check. Larry Kudlow is right. This this infrastructure plan will reinflate the swamp into a quagmire of central planning. He's dreaming of LBJ's great society. Well, that was a great failure. That didn't work out particularly well. All of it due to all of it with its roots back to expanding the socialist power of the state. That's why if you like California and you like New York, you're just going to love the Democrats and all these plans. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. We've been going over in great specificity and great detail all of the issues of this radical Democratic Socialist Party. Now, you know, we obviously see the mess that is the border. We're watching what? Oh, $2.5 trillion spending bill funding basic infrastructure, just like the emergency COVID relief bill. 9% of that bill ended up going to emergency COVID relief. It was one big state, uh, blue big state bailout program and and basically another program to advance their climate agenda and the new green deal the same thing is happening here with the 2.5 trillion dollar spending bill and the four trillion in new taxes that they're talking about uh it is only 25 percent of what's actually in there and we've been going through all of all of the wasted money because those corporations are passing the costs on to you the higher cost costs for fuel 
And of course, the new taxes that are going to be rammed down the throats of evil corporations as defined by Joe and Kamala. I mean, it's 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 just getting that bad. Uh, let's listen to uh, Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg commenting on both. So here's what I do. I start with one rule. No one. We say it again. No one making under four hundred thousand dollars will see their federal taxes go up, period. This is not about penalizing anyone. I have nothing against millionaires and billionaires. I believe American American capitalism. The truth is, again, Republicans and Democrats, maybe not always in Washington, but around the country, agree that we need a fairer tax code. Uh, this makes the plan better, not worse. But by the way, we're not asking for high taxes. We're, we're asking for a normal expectation that corporations and the wealthy will pay their fair share so that we all as a country can have good infrastructure that's going to create millions of jobs and unlock opportunity for everyone. This is wildly popular among the American people. Uh, it's going to be good politics because it's good policy. Guaranteed wages, guaranteed school, guaranteed government healthy food, guaranteed government health care, guaranteed government retirement, all of which we now have 20 some odd senators wanting of these checks to, to go on to people in perpetuity. Former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, he actually balanced the budget. As a matter of fact, the last time the U.S., the, the, this country that we love, had a balanced budget was because he was Speaker of the House. Sir, welcome back. Well, it's good to be back. And, uh, you know, I, I want to emphasize one of the points you just did, which is uh, this is really an American jobs-killing proposal. Uh, the idea that you're going to raise taxes for corporations by one-third, and that the jump from 21 to 28 is a one-third increase, and that that's not going to affect the economy, it's not going to kill jobs, it's not going to raise prices to consumers. Uh, it's hard to believe that these people believe any of this, uh, because we proved it over and over again. Reagan proved it as recently as, 19, as 2017. Trump proved it. Uh, lower taxes mean more jobs. Lower taxes mean more take-home pay. And what uh, Biden is proposing uh, will inevitably uh, raise the cost of living, uh, kill jobs, uh, and frankly uh, make your life more expensive for the average everyday American. And the, you know, but they're so desperate for the money. Somebody's calculated that that this is another one of those bills that is totally misleading, and that only nine percent of us actually for traditional infrastructure. I think somebody said there's 150 billion more for the teachers' unions in this bill. The, this will make the third bill in a row where the teachers' unions get money, which proves they may have the most productive political investment in America. Well, I mean, that's why they give up the unholy, I call it the unholy alliance with teachers' unions and the Democratic Party. They donate massive amounts of money to get them reelected. It's one big, you know, pay-to-play scheme, if you want my opinion. Uh, Biden also is reviving the private sector unions, uh, in other words, uh, basically instituting the, you know, the, the, the entire right to work on uh, laws on its head. And that means that the cost of everything is going to go higher from that aspect of things, too. I, I mean, I, I can't believe in this bill they're actually spending money to cap our oil wells. They're, they're capping them. They're eliminating them. High-paying energy jobs in the energy sector, high-paying, highly skilled, uh, skill-specific jobs eliminated. Hundreds of thousands of dollars a year made by people in the energy sector. That's all going away. 
and we're all already paying the co- the higher price for fuel and and heating our homes and our car, you know, running our cars. Oh, I, I think by next spring, the inflation will be obvious. The price increase in gasoline will be obvious. The price increase in heating oil in places like New Hampshire will be obvious. Uh, and I think that the country will realize that once we're right back once again to a tax and spend philosophy uh, that has not worked, that in fact has led to the defeat of Democrats every time they do it. But their their political machine doesn't give them any choice. Because to keep the machine running, they've got to feed it with your tax dollars, and they've got to feed it in ways because of their ideology that actually weakens the economy. And I, I agree with you entirely. When, when you watch what's going to happen, for example, closing down oil wells, we're going to go from the Trump move, which gave us energy independence, to once again being dependent on the world, importing oil and gas. Uh, and, you know, if I were the Chinese, I would love the Biden program because it virtually guarantees uh, that China is going to become the dominant economic player and the U.S. is going to drift towards a very expensive and very weak economy. Uh, yeah, he's uh, the Biden plan is making Putin rich again, uh, the Iranian mullahs rich again. China, you're right, they will begin to dominate in every sector uh, and Middle Eastern countries that hate us. Let me appeal to the professorial Newt Gingrich here, the professor Newt that I know, the historian that I know. I spent quite a bit of time in the last hour talking about things that are going on in New York and California. New York, no bail laws. You you literally get picked up in the middle of a riot hurling Molotov cocktails of police. They have to release you immediately. You cut in the NYPD, LAPD, you know, a billion dollars in New York for the NYPD. You cut it. You got a guy on video killing a guy convicted of killing his mother, beating up this innocent woman who was going to church. You have a convicted cop killer in New York on a board for police reform. You have the sanctuary state of California, coupled with all the the, the smaller sanctuary cities there and elsewhere. You choose water for the uh, not anything on the endangered species list, the Delta smelt over farmers rights to farm in the San Joaquin Valley. Um, you know, you release convicted criminals uh, at a jail and then you refuse to abide by the law and you aid in a bet further law breaking by not handing them over to ICE. Two states, insanely high taxes, elected officials that impose draconian shutdowns, but not on themselves. And then you look at Joe Biden and the open borders. The You see the inhumane treatment of children at the border right now uh defunding the police taxpayers pay for everything everything's free um and i'm looking at the big picture and then i'll add in cancel culture and mr potato head and dr seuss and boycotts and you can't say mom and dad anymore and i'm wondering uh then when you add the supreme court packing and ending the legislative filibuster and dc puerto rico statehood and i'm saying this is not the America that I recognize, Mr. Speaker. Well, it's not. Look, these are people dedicated to changing America very radically. Uh, they, they want an America which is weaker, an America which uh, has basically destroyed the fossil fuels industry, including natural gas, oil, and coal. Uh, they want an America in which, for example, uh, when you were talking about criminals, they wrote into their uh, bill that $1,400 stimulus checks 
would go to murderers on death row. Under their bill, the Boston bomber gets $1,400. Now, I mean, I, I, I can't understand. Uh, it's one thing to be woke, but this, is, this verges on insanity. Uh, and yet their mindset is such that in, in uh, San Francisco, the, the communist who is the Marxist who is the district attorney elected with George Soros' help, um, has announced he will not prosecute any petty theft below $900. And as a result, uh, one of the major uh, drug stores has closed all 10 of their drug stores because people walk in all day long and just steal things. And the police won't arrest him, and he won't prosecute him. Uh, and this, this whole bias in favor of the criminal and against the innocent citizen, uh, I think, is unsustainable. But in the short run, it's a deal of harm to America. And it's going to require real to defeat them because, after all, you know, they have a huge political machine. Uh, this is really what we're, we're up against is there's uh, the teachers' union, uh, the left-wing donors, uh, all sorts of folks who are out there who favor this kind of lawlessness, and they favor this kind of bias in favor of the criminal. Uh, and, and it's a very, very big problem. I say it's institutionalized, you know, forces, and that would be big tech. Uh, that would be the unions, as you mentioned. That would be the Democratic Party. That would be social media platforms, um, the mob, the media in general. Um, you know, people ask me all the time, I'm sure you get the same question is, well, what can we do? Is there hope? Now, my my strong belief is, Mr. Speaker, when you look at it all and they're trying to do this so quickly that the result is fairly predictable. And that is that the American people are not going to accept this laying down. And as long as H.R. 1, S.R. 1 are not passed, there's going to be a massive shift towards conservatism starting in 2022 and then following up in 2024. I may be wrong, but that's where I see this going. No, I, I lived through this as a very junior member of Congress with, with Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan. I, I lived through it again in 94 when we had the contract and they had passed all sorts of terrible legislation and, they, and the Democrats were repudiated. I watched it in 2010 when we actually picked up even more seats, 63 in the House uh, because of the scale of Obamacare and the scale of their uh, spending. So I, I think you're exactly right. And I, and I believe that the Corrupt Politicians Act, which is what I call H.R. 1, uh, is not going to pass. I think, you know, there, there are provisions, for example, 90% of the American people, 90% believe that only U.S. citizens should vote in an election. Well, H.R. 1 eliminates the ability to check to see whether or not you're a U.S. citizen. Now, I don't think in a free society that politicians can vote against 90% of their own voters and expect to get reelected. And that's what the Democratic machine is setting up, is, is an amazing choice next year between politicians who obey Pelosi and Schumer and Biden and Harris and, and politicians who come home and listen to the American people and try to genuinely represent them. I think it's a, a remarkable moment in American history. I think Donald Trump, and tell me if you disagree with this, that he's set the agenda. And I, I like to say that I say this in under a minute, and that is the re Republicans, the conservative movement, or America First movement, Make America Great Again movement, is about liberty, it's about freedom, it's about limited government, 
It supports the first, second, and every amendment. It supports our Constitution, constitutionalists on the on the bench. Uh, we we believe in law and order and safety and security in our towns and cities. Uh, we believe in educational choice. We believe in secure borders. We believe in energy independence, low taxes. We believe in ending bureaucratic uh, nightmare, which is regulation uh, to death, free and fair trade. We believe in peace through strength. Uh, I'm sure I left out a couple, but that's pretty much it for me. Well, that, that lays down the baseline, and you you can add to that. Uh, we believe that uh, if you're going to pay a teacher, they ought to be in the classroom. Uh, we believe that. You know, By the way, and, and health care. I believe in health care yeah. cooperatives. I believe in, yeah. in health care savings accounts. And, yes, protect people's right. pre-existing conditions. Right. So and I think you can go down the list and you'll find that. Uh, and, and maybe the most important thing for our survival as a country, we believe that America has to be protected. And America and its allies in the free world uh, have to form an effective alliance to contain the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, and we're prepared to take the right steps at a time when it's clear that the people that, uh, that Biden is putting in uh, ha- have no idea what they're doing and are going to run enormous risks. Now, considering uh, I've been I, your little I've been your little brother for 30 years and you've been a mentor of mine the entire time, you've got to admit I've learned a lot. Well, listen, I've come a long way. Been, well, you've come a long way and. You also learn how to listen carefully to people like Donald Trump uh, and Ronald Reagan. Uh, and, and I, I and Newt Gingrich. Yeah. Uh, and me. But, it, but I think you had a pretty good baseline there that lays out, you know, the, we're, the, we're the party of freedom. We're the party of the work ethic. We're the party of the rule of law. Uh, they're the party of government tyranny. They're the party of high taxes taken right out of your pocket. Uh, they're the party that favors criminals over, over the legal citizen. Um, and I think this is all going to become very clear, despite the news media and despite every effort to protect them uh, by reporters and editorial writers. The speaker, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Um, I have a funny you. feeling that that this is going to now crystallize into the next wave. We've had three. You've been a part of one of them. You mentioned Reagan and Trump. That would be one and three. You are in the middle. I could see wave four coming now. I have 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Believe it or not, it's about a year now, almost a year to the day, that Governor Andrew Cuomo, then followed by Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania, Governor Murphy in New Jersey, Michigan, similar story, that this nursing home directive executive order was put in place. That was earlier this month, Cuomo, you know, it was early in March of last year. It's now April 1st today, April Fool's Day. Anyway, but he was saying, we're going to pass health care system in the world, and, and we're better than those other countries. It's not going to happen. We're New Yorkers. All right, a lot of good that worked out a month later. And it, it took Donald Trump, who never seems to get the credit for it, that built the hospitals, manned the hospitals, provided all the PPE, I need 40,000 ventilators and all the ventilators that everybody needed, which proved at that time not to be that effective. They've gotten a lot better at it, thank goodness, uh, for people that have really gotten bad cases of COVID. They're saving more lives than they did not a year ago. But this is, this is the damage that was done. And then Donald Trump moving forward with Operation Warp Speed. And, uh, you know, God forbid Donald Trump mentioned a therapeutic that was had the, the risk is nil, 
using the words of Dr. Daniel Wallace, the, the foremost expert at Cedar sinai in Los Angeles on HCQ, for example. But none of that mattered because it was all politicized. But that's a year ago. We've learned a lot in a year. It was President Trump that got it right and built the beds and converted the ventilation systems and the hospital ship and the Javits Center and manned those places and provided the gloves, the gowns, the masks, the shields that New York didn't have. Governor Cuomo was told by his own health care task force in 2015, it's not when the pandemic, it's not if the pandemic hits, it's when it hits You're going to be short 15,783 ventilators. And he's screaming, I need 40,000. He didn't need 40,000, but all the ventilators he did need was provided by Donald Trump. Because after his own health care task force recommended purchasing that many in New York City was advised to get 10,000 separately, separate and apart from what the state was recommended to get. Uh, They got all the, the ventilators they needed as well. But um, they didn't they did. He goes back and says, well, I've got 2000. How can I make better use of the 2000 ventilators I have? Well, we're going to use it on 15 patients at once. That's not how a ventilator is made. Complicated to do. But we had great our, our great companies in the auto industry. They stepped up and they were able to produce them. Complicated machinery, actually, in record time. Pretty amazing. And then, of course, warp speed. And you look back a year later, and what have we learned? We we see that what Cuomo knew in June, he literally knew in a month that that executive action was a disaster. And his impulse was to, well, not fix it, not admit a mistake and say, we got to learn from this and make sure this doesn't happen. And, and maybe even inform other states that had followed his lead, like New Jersey and Pennsylvania, Michigan. He didn't do any of that. He writes a book, apparently $4 million that I guess he was using staff members, according to a report today. But, you know, his history of ridiculous coronavirus comments are second to none. And, you know, now New York is relying on the vaccine that Donald Trump made happen. Three of them, Moderna, Pfizer and, and Johnson and Johnson. And, and Biden saying, oh, Cuomo was the gold standard. No, nah, he wasn't even the copper standard. Listen. What New York did was follow what the Republican administration said to do. That's not my attempt to politicize it. Older people, vulnerable people are going to die from this virus. That is going to happen. You can't save everyone. You're going to lose people. That's life. That nursing home should have referred that patient and should have told the Department of Health, I can't handle these patients. Now, when the Department of Health takes Bernadette, they no longer get paid for Bernadette. Oh, money. We have been helping them with more PPE, but again, it's not our job. When you're saying what happened in other countries versus what happened here, uh, we don't even think it's going to be as bad as it was in other countries. Why is there not a nationwide stay-at-home order? Well, look, I think we're in a position where I think every state is going to have to be moving in that direction. And uh, um, it demonstrates that it does bend that curve a little bit. It does increase the prospects that fewer people are going to catch the virus. And the answer is, I I don't fully know. We've been leaving it to the governors. Thank God the governors have been moving. Your governor in New York's done one hell of a job. I think he's, he's sort of the gold standard. One hell of a job, Andrew. Not exactly. 
It's been an unmitigated mess and failure on every level. Sad. Because grandmas and grandpas that could be alive today would be alive. Well, we're going to die anyway. Well, y'all, oh, they wanted the money. Oh, we have tapes of conversations. I think this one was in New Jersey, where prior to this, the nursing home owners, they were screaming, people are going to die. We cannot handle COVID patients. Now, 80% of the beds that Donald Trump built, manned, provided PPE for, provided therapeutics for, changed the ventilation systems for, those beds stayed empty. None of the states in the Northeast, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, they, they all had access to the hospitals Trump was building. Everywhere, in record time. Anyway, Tim Hoffer is with us. He's the president and CEO of the Empire Center for Public Policy. It's been a year now since this executive order, the group home order that killed 532 group home patients and 36, I believe, workers and infected some 16,000 between patients and workers in the group homes. Yeah, that still re remains in effect today. Nobody seems to be talking about it. Anyway, Tim, welcome to the program. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Let's get your your take on the gold standard, uh, Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, well, you know, this is interesting. There, um, a lot of things have happened since this data about the nursing home deaths came out in February, um, both in New York and sort of to the governor, right? What I think is really important that we don't lose sight of is that from our perspective, this all started, and the Empire Center is the group that filed the lawsuit that eventually made all these data available. And the reason that we did that, our perspective on this is, what's happened has happened. Um, the orders that were made were made. The most important thing to be prepared for now is if something like this, God forbid, should happen again, should we find ourselves in a resurgence of COVID or a different strain of COVID or a, or a different pandemic altogether, the state and everybody who lives in it should be doing everything that they possibly can to make sure that we're better prepared for the next one than we were for this one. And that starts with having access to the information about what happened, right? That's, that's what you're talking about. This is what can I take it back a little bit further. If we're going to start learning from this pandemic, you see what's happening at our Southern border. If, if ever there was a super spreader atmosphere, it's happening on the Southern border today. Now, Biden is lecturing the country to wear masks and encouraging more draconian shutdowns and and social distancing. Do you, you see what's going on down there? It doesn't seem like we learned a damn thing. Well, I, yeah, I mean, there's two things to look at, right? There's the spread of the disease and then there's the actual reaction by our government. Um, and I think that the latter is what we're focused on in terms of making sure that government's doing what it can. So you can't control the actions of people and we don't know what's going to happen at the border. And that's certainly well out of my personal control. Um, but we can be looking at how our governors across the states and what the federal government does in respect to how do we control what happens when these things show up? Well, I mean, look, to go back to the 2015 New York State Health, they, they had a, a health care uh, investigation narrative that was written, report about the pandemic that would come. Not, not if, when it happens. This is what you're going to need. They didn't do a single thing to prepare. 
Now, with, with that said, I would argue, and I think it's proven factually, that Donald Trump built the hospitals, manned the hospitals, all the things that I've been saying. Built, got the ventilators built, etc. Um, and made it available. What makes you think that they would do it now? What makes you think they'd actually learn from this now? Because you still have the group home executive order that killed all those people in place today in New York. Yeah, I think you're right going back to looking at what happened in the wake of that commission. Um, certainly there were things that were done in New York and I'm sure in other states where recommendations were made. And in some cases where they even began to follow them. And then over the course of the year, the budget has to make cuts and you stop doing these things. And so you don't have the stockpiles of the PPE that were recommended you know, by their own commissions. Um, why, why do I think that government can be more prepared the next time? Well, I'd argue that the whole reason I'm here is because I'm not sure that they do that on their own. The reason that we go after and request these data and want to do independent analysis of what happened and look at ways to prepare better for next time is because I do believe that an outside source needs to be able to do this. And Governor Cuomo's action and his administration's action in this case and in several others sort of proves the point, right? Um, they, they hid the data, as you said, rather than coming clean when it was clear that a mistake had been made. That goes all the way back to July of 2020. Um, and then for the, and then the, the more this goes, the more that we learn about what happened, the further down the rabbit hole we get, the more we see that there was a lot here, right? Not only was it just hiding the data, it was changing reports. It's now looking at bullying behavior i mean you need more than two hands to count all the things that the cuomo administration is currently juggling yeah well if we don't learn from the past we're doomed to repeat it correct absolutely and that's i mean i think that's why we continue to to push i mean one of the things we're working on right now is to get access to more of the data they haven't released um you know we got one we got a very consequential data set uh in the nursing home death data there are 121 other sets of data that we think are important in terms of analysis of these healthcare data that are not currently available. Um, so we've started a petition to call on the Department of Health and the governor to make these data available proactively. Um, that may sound crazy, but, you know, we believe we have access to these data as taxpayers, as residents, as citizens, um, and it should be available, and they, and they have to date not made these available yet. All right. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you for that uh, insight, Tim. Thank you, President, CEO, Empire Center for Public Policy. Thanks for being with us. All right. To our busy telephones uh, we go. We have Ed is in Michigan. Ed, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you, Sean. Uh, big fan. Happy Easter to you and your family. Yeah, you too, sir. Um, thank you. Um, you know, I, I I think I got a different perspective on this uh, Derek Chauvin uh, trial is going on. You know, I'm currently, I work as a, um, as a uh, criminal defense attorney, law professor, and a police officer. So I'm doing all three right wow. now. And, um, you know, it's kind of like when I go through a traffic light with my emergency lights on and I shut them off right afterwards and everyone says, he just turned them on to, um, you know, get through the light and they don't know the rest of the story. They don't know the dispatcher downgraded the call. Well, you know, and watching when, when, when we look just at the video and we say, well, he had his, his knee on uh, Mr. Floyd's neck for nine minutes. Well, as an investigator, I look at that and say, well, that's just not enough. Um, you can have your knee on someone's neck for 39 minutes and not hurt them. 
Um, here, um, there's there's no. Hey, Ed, signs. I, I've looked at this yeah. video completely. Let me let me take issue with you. Granted, it's the uh, the toxicology report is back. The autopsy is in. He had pre-existing conditions. He had methamphetamine um, in his blood. He had fentanyl in his blood system. Okay, all true. The question is, did the actions of the knee on somebody's neck, as hard as it was for nine minutes and 29 seconds, had that not happened, and this, this is what the jury will decide here, had that nine minutes, 29 seconds, remember he was handcuffed uh, the whole time, I, I, I'll concede that he was probably being difficult trying to get into the car. Let's assume that. Okay. Would he be alive? Would he have died there that day if, in fact, that didn't happen? I, I, it, it, we don't know that. And you see his, his, his knee on the neck as hard as it was. He had, a, he had abrasions much, on his face. None of us. Look, I, I, I don't have enough time to go into this with you more detail. But, you know, we can get back to it in our final half hour if you want to stick on the line because I got a guest in the next hour, Ted Cruz. But. I'm saying as a martial artist that has been doing this for eight years that I could drop you to your knees with one strike to your carotid in the bottom of your jaw, a targeted strike, right to your knees. If I put you in a rear naked choke, you'll pass out in 15 seconds or less, likely less. Um, It's the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy. But my argument is you just needed to manipulate two fingers and you had full compliance quick break right back ted cruz next all right news roundup and information overload hour 800-941 sean you want to be a part of the program um even fake news abc with georgie stephanopoulos recognizing oh a startling number of biden's unaccompanied minors are testing positive for COVID. yeah you know where they're opening up those schools in that san diego unified public school district and in-person learning for uh unaccompanied illegal immigrants, young children, they, they get in-person learning and the parents that pay the taxes for the schools in San Diego, their kids haven't been in a classroom in a year. It's unbelievable. This is a humanitarian crisis. It is a healthcare crisis. It is a national security crisis. You know that the gangs, the drug uh, dealers, the cartels, drug traffickers, human traffickers, uh, this is a field day for them because they know the resources now are are dealing with this Joe Biden influx of illegal immigrants, expecting well over 2 million people this year alone. And by the way, all their housing and their food and their their health care and their education will be paid for by you, the American people. Two groups of House members have gone down. The state that has been most hurt in this whole thing, this unmitigated disaster is the state of Texas. I mean, if it wasn't for Senator Cruz, and I know he had Senator Ron Johnson with him and Lindsey Graham and Senator Cotton and 18 Republican senators went down there. We showed you the video. We played the video. Senator Cruz, the media has been banned from going inside these these cages that Joe Biden has been building for kids. I could tell you this. If you ran a daycare center and those videos emerge from your daycare center or your pre-K center, whatever you want to call it, you probably would be arrested for abusing children with inhumane conditions, because that's exactly what's going on down there. Senator Ted Cruz has, has done the most in, in terms of being out there and exposing this and showing the American people. He got into a confrontation with, a, I guess, somebody working for the Biden administration. Oh, you can't take pictures. They're actually asking U.S. senators to erase the videos and pictures they took. 
because they want to hide the truth. They put a gag order on Border Patrol agents. They're not allowed to talk to the media. All media requests must go through Biden's Washington swamp. Senator Ted Cruz in Texas is with us. I got to tell you, Senator, if I owned a daycare center and the images that you took on your cell phone that you generously shared with my TV show, if we aired that, I probably would be handcuffed within hours and put in jail, and frankly, rightly so. Sean, you're exactly right. Uh, The conditions in the Donna facility, the conditions down on the border, they're inhumane. The Donna facility, as you know, is a gigantic tent city that was built to handle the massive surge of illegal immigration. Its capacity is 1,000 people, but under COVID capacity, its its capacity is only 250 people. When we went down there, I I led a a group of 19 senators down there. There were 4,200 people in a facility that, that whose capacity is supposed to be 250. That is over 1,500% its capacity. The, the kids in the Biden cages, they weren't six feet apart or three feet apart, and, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. They weren't even six inches apart. They were literally lying side by side, touching each other, crammed in there as tight as humanly possible. They were lying on the floor. There are no beds, no cots, no mats, lying on the floor. They're covered up in, in reflective aluminum foil emergency blankets. And the rate of COVID positivity in that facility is 10%. If any school, if any nursery, if any daycare crowded kids in and made them sleep side by side, touching in the middle of a pandemic and had a 10% COVID positivity, they'd be shut down in a heartbeat. And instead, the Biden administration's approach is hide it, deny it, declare it's not a crisis, and try to keep the media out. As you know, I asked uh, for the media to come with us into that facility. Fox News wanted to embed with us. You sent a reporter down to join us. ABC News wanted to embed with us. And the Biden administration said, no, no reporters, no cameras. No, by the way, this is important, Senator. My my cameras were denied access. And, And you were generous enough to share your videos with us or else we wouldn't have had them. And that's what the Biden administration wanted, that they sent a a political minder from D.C. whose sole job, as far as I can tell, was to try to stop senators from taking pictures or videos. We pulled out our camera, our phones, and just started taking pictures and videos. This minder jumped in front of my camera, repeatedly tried to block me showing the Biden pages, block it with herself. and, And they desperately wanted to cover it up. Now, here's a bit of good news, Sean. By the way, I, I actually the- saw a little bit of, of uh, Mike Wallace. Remember back in the old days, the old 60 <laughs> Minutes? I, I saw yeah. a little Mike Wallace and Senator Ted Cruz. And I'm not saying that flippantly. You, you are very polite, but also, excuse me, I'm a U.S. senator. I'm taking these videos. Well, yeah, and, and her defense was respect these people. Look, the way the Biden administration is, is treating them is not respecting them, crowding them in where it's a danger to their health and their lives. And then hiding it from the American people is not respecting them. And all other recent administrations have allowed the press into those facilities. Trump did. Obama did. Bush did. Clinton did. It's only Biden that tried to block the press. Here's the good news, Sean. We put out the videos. We put out the pictures. And the public attention and pressure was so much that this week the Biden administration caved and allowed the media cameras in there. They couldn't take the heat. And, and, and that really is a, is a testament to the 19 senators that went down there and, sh- and shown the light, but also a testament to the American people who were outraged at, at, at what the Biden administration is doing to these children. Listen, uh, what I, I stand by what I say. 
Imagine, Senator, now you're also a constitutional attorney. You've argued before the U.S. Supreme Court. Alan Dershowitz has said many times to me and on air that you are one of the best students he's ever had, and he doesn't always agree with you, obviously, politically, and, and a national debate champ on top of all, all of that. And I've got to tell you something, that I, I, you tell me from a legal perspective, if I ran a daycare center and cameras came in, to my center, and those videos were taken in those Biden cages or like cages, uh, would I be arrested? Would I likely be charged with abuse of children? I, I think the odds are exceptionally high. It is 100% that the local health department would shut you down. They would padlock your facility and force you to shut down. The odds are significant. You might face criminal prosecution for doing it, and, and you might well also face civil liability and lawsuits. And, and Look, the Biden administration knows that. That's why they want to hide what they're doing, because they know they can't defend it. That's why Joe Biden said... Senator, why why are they doing it? Why? So the reason they're doing it is that they're really captive to their left-wing ideology. You know, the Democratic Party is a group of angry interest groups. And so Joe Biden has promised the angry left that that they will not... that, That anyone who comes can stay, that any child who could comes can stay... They believe in open borders. You know, today, AOC is out there tweeting the answer is abolish ICE. We just need to shut down all border border enforcement and just have totally open borders. Sean, if we did that, we would see not hundreds of thousands, but millions of children in the custody of human traffickers being physically abused by human traffickers, being sexually abused by human traffickers. The, the narco traffickers are already flooding this country with, with drugs that are destroying Americans, we would see those numbers skyrocket. And Biden and Harris, their hands are tied because they promised the radical left they won't enforce the law, so they don't have any option to actually stop this crisis that they've created. But, but isn't it also that if you offer, as Joe is planning and stated, amnesty, isn't that something of great value and worth? And, and don't Democrats say, well, the more people that they're going to give this thing of great value to, to will be loyal or would create a loyalty and a voting base for the Democratic Party? You are exactly right. And the reason that the Democratic Party writ large supports open borders and supports amnesty is they believe if you allow tens of millions of illegal immigrants into America and if you make them all American citizens – that they will vote Democratic. This is about power. They want to be stay in power forever, and they view open borders and amnesty as the path to implementing socialism. That's how they maintain their control. And, 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 it is, and they're perfectly willing to see hundreds of thousands of little boys and little girls abused by these traffickers. And I'll tell you, you know, the traffickers that are bringing these kids in are vicious criminals. They physically assault. Did you, did you see them dropping young children from the top of the, the border wall? Did you see that? It, 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 it is horrific. And, and it is part and parcel. You know, Brooks County, which is just just north of where we where we were in Texas, Brooks County routinely. I've met with farmers and ranchers there who discovered dead bodies on their farms and ranches all the time because the traffickers will be traveling through there. And if somebody's sick, if somebody's pregnant, they'll just leave them to die. And, 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 and it's, these are vicious criminals. And when we were down there with 19 senators, we went out on the Rio Grande on, on a Texas DPS boat. 
As we were traveling down the Rio Grande, we saw a dead body floating by the river's edge of somebody who presumably tried to cross the river and drowned. I mean, this is a humanitarian crisis, and it's a public health crisis, and it's a national security crisis. Let me ask you about this part of the power grab, and that is ending the legislative filibuster. Uh, That is packing the courts, not just the Supreme Court, that is D.C., Puerto Rico, statehood. Uh, you see this massive new spending bill on top of the non-emergency COVID relief bill, uh, where only 9% of the money is going for emergency COVID relief. Put all of that into the equation. Well, are you confident with 50 Republican senators that they'd all walk out so that they can't get a quorum to end the legislative filibuster and, and force all of this down the throats of the American people? Are you confident in that? You know, I, I am confident. I, I do think Republicans are horrified at what Democrats are doing. That, that they're Lisa not. Lisa you know, Murkowski, Ben Sass, Mitt Romney. I believe they will. I believe they will. Look, I can't make promises. I can't control what they do. But based on our conversations, uh, I, I believe all Republicans would stand together that if Democrats end the filibuster, if they destroy the modern Senate as we know it, and if they do it to ram through a radical left-wing agenda. I think you will see Republicans using every procedural tool we have to fight against that. I, that's certainly what I'm going to be pressing for. Uh, it's also I'm, I'm not Mr. worried Donald about you, Senator. And, and, <laughs> I'm not worried uh, about you. I'm not. I'm not worried I, about... Uh, I'm, I'm worried about the three senators I mentioned. Right. Look, there's always a risk of Republicans going wobbly. Um, I don't think we would on this. Um I, I, I think we would stand strong, but but the real question is, does Joe Manchin give in? Right now, the fate of the republic is resting on Joe Manchin's shoulders. Well, Joe Manchin he, he basically goes. echoed the line of Joe Biden. No, I'm, I'm not for getting rid of the filibuster, but it's got to be harder. Now, and, and Joe Biden is suggesting that it's racist. Uh, meanwhile, Democrats used it 300 and, what, 57 times uh, in the last year alone. Republicans used it once. Was it racist yep. when Democrats did it, Senator? Well, sometimes it was, and and, and it is interesting watching Democrats uh, claim claim righteousness on questions of race. They say that this is Jim Crow. It was Democrats who wrote the Jim Crow laws. It was it was your and my party, the Republican Party, that repealed Jim Crow. That 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 fought for civil rights. Uh, you know, it was Democrats who founded the KKK, and 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 so. They scream racism when they want to justify their radical plans. You mentioned the filibuster. One of the real targets that they get rid of the filibuster is the extreme left wants to pack the U.S. Supreme Court, wants to put four hard left justices on the U.S. Supreme Court. If they do that, our fundamental rights will be taken away for generations. Uh, as you know, you and I have talked about it several times. I just wrote well, you a wrote a great book one- about it. I, I yeah. did. One vote away, how a single Supreme Court seat can change history. And it, it takes people behind the curtain, inside the Supreme Court, what's happening there. And every chapter focuses on a different fundamental right. So there's a chapter on free speech, a chapter on religious liberty, a chapter on the Second Amendment. And it tells war stories of litigating some of the biggest landmark cases before the court. And decision after decision after decision upholding our rights were decided 5-4, just one vote away from losing those rights. And what Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi want to do is end the filibuster, pack the court, and take away those rights. It's pre- these are pretty remarkable times we live in, uh, Senator. And, you know, I, I can see from a distance the, the passion with which you 
taken a, a strong leadership role in a lot of this, and I'm thankful and grateful that you are. Um, but I will tell you that um, I, I think I speak for a lot of this audience that is a, a lot of people like me are nervous out here. We I've never seen anything. I've never seen any political party with yeah. such radicalism as and such a willingness to eliminate an entire branch of government even and bypass normal process to achieve what their goals are. In other words, they can't get this done legislatively. They can't win at the ballot box running on this. So now they will use all of these other methods to to grab power and hold power, hopefully in their minds, in perpetuity. You are absolutely right. And, and today's Democratic Party is run by the yeah. extreme left, by the angry left. It is AOC, it is Elizabeth Warren, it is Bernie Sanders who are driving the train, and, and Joe Biden is either unwilling or unable to stand up to them. And, and, and well, the rest of the party is terrified of the angry left. I would argue that he seems pretty frail and weak and struggling cognitively to me. But, uh, Senator, thank you for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you, Sean. God bless. God bless. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. When we come back, we'll hit the phones. Final half hour straight ahead on this Friday. Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight, Fox News. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Don't forget Hannity tonight. We hope you'll set your DVR. We hope you'll join us 9 Eastern on a on the Fox News channel. Uh, by the way, today is Holy Thursday, which leads into Good Friday, which leads into Easter Sunday. Um, and if you're a Christian, it's an amazing thing because it's it's the night that Jesus meets with basically for the last time alive with his disciples. This is where the whole issue of the Eucharist comes in and, you know, take this, all of you, and eat from it. This, this, you know, he's the bread of life. Um, and take this and all of you drink from it, the cup of, of my blood, the new and everlasting covenant, you know, shed for you and for all men for the forgiveness of sins. In the Garden of Gethsemane and, and Jesus, you know, urging his heavenly father not to let him go through this leading to the crucifixion on Friday, uh, following Palm Sunday, where he was greeted, you know, like a rock star in modern day terms, leading to the resurrection on Easter Sunday, which is a day to celebrate. Why? Because he successfully overcame the world. Um, amazing. Uh, if you're a Christian, just the, just the most powerful week imaginable. Um, all right, let's get to our phones. Uh, let us say hi to Joe is in Ohio. Hey, Joe, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Thank you very much for taking my call, Mr. Hannity. Oh, thank uh, you. I just wanted to tell you, thank you, sir, uh, and happy Holy Thursday to you. Uh, my wife is being forced to take the COVID vaccine. Neither one of us are anti-vaccine. We're just a little scared because 10 years down the road, you could get a commercial saying, if you took this COVID vaccine and had these problems call us you understand who's forcing her her job what does she do uh she works in the building department for a medical facility she's not um, in contact with patients she does have contact but she i assume she uses a mask properly and absolutely, absolutely. she practices social distancing when and when necessary needed and appropriate and if she doesn't take the vaccine after consulting with you, her husband, and with your doctor mm -hmm. and making her own mind up, what happens? Mm -hmm. uh, she could be gone. She could be or will be? Well, they said it was mandatory. 
and it was sent in an official email. So you have a let me ask you this question because I have a million lawyers. Do you have a lawyer? Do not, sir. Do you have a friend who's a lawyer? Um, it's a loaded no. question, by the way. Why would one admit such a thing? But <laughs> I'm only teasing. <laughs> you know what they say? Okay. A lawyer at the bottom of the ocean is, you know what that is? A good start. Actually, yeah. many of my friends are great lawyers. They're great people. Yeah. It takes a lot to be a good lawyer. Um, do you have a friend that's a lawyer? No, sir. Then why don't you do a little bit of research Okay. where you live in Ohio Yes, sir. And I know lawyers are expensive. Linda, do we not know lawyers are expensive? We know lawyers are expensive because I have very good lawyers. I really do. This is very and, true, boss. <laughs> and anyway, I would I'd consult with a lawyer. You might want to okay. find one that is civil libertarian in their in their values and views or conservative in their values and views and and Wonderful. and talk to them about it. Okay. And listen, I, I just happen to be a very strong believer. And like, for example, I've said on this program that I am not anti-vaccine. And not but I've also it. been very, very clear to everybody else that what regardless of my decision between me and my doctor, it's between me and my doctor. Now, if restaurants, if if they want to prohibit, I guess, people that don't have their vaccination passport, which I think is extraordinarily intrusive into one's personal space, civil liberties, um, constitutional right to, to privacy, which is, you know, we, we're lectured by exists, according to liberals. I don't think that people need to be shamed into it. There, there are medical conditions that people don't know about. And there, there are reasons and whys and how for is that people make this decision. And I believe in medical privacy and I believe in, in doctor-patient confidentiality. And I do think that if you have a good lawyer, one with a good name in your community that writes that letter, I think the odds are pretty good that they'll back down. If they don't, then you have another decision to make. And that is whether you pull the trigger, whether the lawyer's willing to take the case and move forward. You know, that's wonderfully encouraging. I, I thank you so much for your help, sir. Look, it's uh, for me, you know, I, I just... I can't really explain it, nor do I want to sound like I'm whining or complaining, but I live in a world where I'm under constant attack, never-ending attacks. And what I have found is, and I'll, I'll use a very generic term, it's just the cost of doing business, is that when I am unfairly attacked, um, I, I have just put on retainer the right people that I trust, that I believe in, that I let handle these issues, and I, I go about focusing on my work every day. And I pay little to no attention to anything that they are involved in. I let them handle it. And the problem is, is that I, I, I'm fortunate enough in that I'm in a position I can afford it. Lawyers can be very expensive. To me, they're worth every penny because then I can focus on my job, which is where I want to focus. I don't, you know, one of the problems a lot of people have when they get involved in any type of legal matter is they live, eat, breathe, sleep, go to the bathroom, whatever the case is. I don't, I don't have that problem. I hand it off to the people that I trust, that I believe in, let them do their job, and then they tell me how it turns out in the end. And this way I focus on my show. But I will tell you, um, we've had a lot of strategy sessions lately, and there, there is a point where I've, I've kind of hit my limit and might be ready to, to pull the lever, if you will, and say yes to um, a constitutional test case 
on the issue of, you know, being outright lied about. And, you know, for me, am I used to it? Yeah. Will I survive? Yes. Is it something that's pleasant for me? No. Uh, do, you know, do I have family members and friends that read stuff about me that are not true all the time? Um, most of them know the truth, so it doesn't matter. But um, I, I do think that there is too much, un, there's unbridled lying that goes on out there. And the left is, is great at this game. And they do it as a means of intimidating people into silence. I personally, I think you and your wife have the right to make this personal decision in consultation with your doctor, and I, re- I will respect whatever decision you make as long as you're willing to accept that maybe you won't be able to be allowed to go to a concert or a sporting event, um, or but you know, short of that, I don't think any other restriction should apply if you're willing to socially distance and wear a mask, et cetera. Um, you know, and do do your own personal research. I, I urge people to read before they make this decision. Um, I've done an extensive amount of reading, the good, the bad, the ugly. I know everything that I, I think I can possibly know about this virus and about the vaccines. And um, there are people that have ha- that have had reactions to it. There are people that have gotten the vaccine that still end up getting covid. The numbers are tiny. They're minuscule compared to the numbers of people that receive the vaccine, but you should know it going into it. Um, I, I wish you luck, Joe. I really do. It's and I, I just urge you: don't let it consume your life. And yeah, find the right person, though. Your words of encouragement are wonderfully appreciated, and I wish you a happy Easter, sir. All right, sir. God bless you. Happy Easter. John is in South Jersey. What's up, John? How you doing? What's up in Jersey? How you doing? I'm good, man. What's uh, going on? So I have a small drywall company. I have a a heavy Spanish influence, the guys that work for me. So 80% of the guys that you see have all come here through Coyotes uh, as a reason. Do they all have green cards? Do they have work permits now before you hire them? Well, the the problem is immigration, you know, is is such a game. uh, It's incredibly hard for those guys to become citizens, and it costs them a lot of money. So they would rather come here illegal. So, Sean, even as of two years ago, there's a guy that came across, and he went through a four-mile tunnel from a coyote that cost him $8,000 to be able to do that. Yeah, by the way, Lara Logan reported on this, that they, they have bank routing numbers, and they're told, you better make regular payments, or we're going to go pay a visit to your family, intimidating and threatening the, the person's family. Uh, look, the first thing I'm going to tell you to do, and I've learned if you're a conservative, you better follow the letter of the law. Um, I pay all of my taxes. I dot every I, I cross every T because I know I'm a target. But every conservative is a target. And I and maybe maybe you'd get away with it, but I would urge you to hire people that, even if they came here illegally, if they have gone through the legal process of getting a work permit or a green card, I would urge you to follow that route. But I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lecture you. The no. the you know, I, I want your business to succeed. But there's also a lot of Americans out of work now. They're probably look, I've, I've done drywall myself. Now, is it an art? Yeah. It's to get people that are really good at it, that can move fast, that can do entire rooms in a day that know how to, you know, lip lay tape and spackle and, and join compound over the tape. It's, it's hard work. Um, 
and but there are people that but it is a job you can train people in and they get better and better at it and i know because i was in that business so anyway what's your question about that these these guys are evil these coyotes they're making 14 million dollars on average a day washington examiner did a, an, an analysis on it so what they're actually doing sean is they're actually taking those people and separating and sending the kids first so that now the cartels have the parents the, the people go across the border, make the American contact, and they have to pay for the parents to get out. That's what's going on. That's why the kids are at the border. They're getting separated before they get there. Look, it's horrible. It's a human, it's a humanitarian crisis. Do I feel bad and horrible looking at the kids in Biden's cages? I, of course I do. How do you have a heart and soul not look at children that have been enticed by Joe Biden. Oh, if you want to seek asylum, come here. They make a long, perilous, treacherous journey. Many are, are violently assaulted. Some are raped and sexually assaulted. And then they get there, and then now they're living on top of each other in, in the super spreader event of all super spreader events. And then literally they're being farmed out to whatever state they're farmed out to. And all because Joe Biden opened the borders. And now it's going to be our responsibility to provide food and and housing and health care and education for what will end up being millions and millions of people at a time when we can no longer afford it. So and American about- jobs, by the way, and it's going to drive wages down. I mean, I, I bet in your own business, you probably are getting guys a lot cheaper now if they're here illegally. Am I wrong? Oh, there were the guys that came here legally are worried about their jobs, just like the Americans were back in the 2000s when the Spanish influence just started showing up. So here's the other question, too, Sean. What happens at the end? What happens after all these kids are processed? Are they going to keep track of these kids? I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a little right. No, they're going to grant. I'll tell you how it ends. They're going to grant amnesty to everybody. Biden lied, saying, no, no, we're sending most of them back. That was a lie. I got blown over three times by the wind, his staff is saying. No, that didn't happen. He's like, Donald Trump caused this. No, he didn't. You know, and Biden, Biden will legalize all of them. Democrats hope that if they give this, this thing of great worth called citizenship, amnesty to illegal immigrants, that there will be an, an instantaneous bond and loyalty to the Democratic Party that are giving this thing of great value. That's what the hope is. Well, it's a it's a mess. It's scary. And hopefully, uh, you know, something will happen where, uh, you know, it is going to make a change. Listen, I I hear you. I, I look, if I was you, I'd follow the law. There's my strong recommendation. And because in many ways, uh, it just contributes to the problem. But I'm not I'm not lecturing you. I'm not judging you. I'm just very matter of factly saying to you, um, I wouldn't want to be in a circumstance where somebody can come by a work site and then you get in trouble because that does happen. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN. I, I had some work done not that long ago on my house and I hired contractors and I said, everyone in this house has to be legal. Everybody here. And I said, if you can't, I said, if, if you want to charge me more for the, for the work you're doing to ensure this, I'm fine with that. But I don't want to find out because the building inspector comes by and we got a problem that you cause. 
actually put it in the contract. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Big Hannity tonight. News you won't get from the media mob. What can Congress do? What can they do? Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, uh, much, much more. Also, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, will join us. Uh, what is Congress going to do to fight back? We'll, we'll talk about that tonight. And how do Republicans and conservatives stop the radicalism? That's 9 Eastern, Hannity tonight, Fox News. Hope you set your DVR. We'll see you tonight. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, have a great Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. We'll see you Monday. Thank you, as always, for being with us.